And, and then the worst case scenario is, oh, no, socialism No, best works. case scenario is socialism no, works. No, best case scenario. Because then you can show it to everyone else and be like, it works. Worst case scenario, everyone in Britain dies. No, see, I'm the opposite. Hey, hi, hello, it's me, Jesse. Welcome to the Late Late Capitalism Show. Real quick, content warning, swearing, cussing, uh, threats of physical violence. Mostly from me, uh, for all counts. But thankfully, it's not just me. I have co-hosts who really do the majority of the work. And this time, I'm going to start with Megan. Megan. Oh. <laughs> I'm yeah, Chance, and I'm here also with Dean right beside yeah, me. Yeah, hello, folks. You have a, a bourbon-soaked Dean Hayden uh, <laughs> coming at you live. It's our favorite. <laughs> We're a couple couple things on the episode today, but I'd like to start off by saying, hey, guys, happy one year. Uh, not for the podcast, but November 17th, 2019 is the first documented case of COVID-19. No way! Which is why uh, when I was doing some additional reading for this, I was like, oh, neat. This actually works out quite nicely. For yeah. those unaware, we are recording. Recording on Tuesday, November 17th, 2020. Where were you guys uh, Tuesday, November 17th, 2019? That's actually a great question. I was su- working at my job that doesn't exist I anymore. Will, yeah, I, I will was, give you uh, a precise answer. I was supporting the troops in cup and balls on the battlefield. Yeah. During yeah. Remembrance Month. Yeah. yeah. Remembrance. <laughs> Remembering. Pride <laughs> Remembrance Month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait. I think November 17th, we were... Trapped in a hotel room. Oh shit! Was that that day? It was definitely around that time. <laughs> we were stuck in Coburg, Ontario. That's right. oh, COVID that's Ontario. Trash. <laughs> that's wow. absolute trash. Yeah. yeah. So I'm it's been one sure. ho- one whole year living on Earth with Corona. Then and like over a year since Don Cherry got booted off the air. Holy mm. shit! This is a flashpoint moment. Yeah. So in uh, honor of that, we're doing COVID-sode. That's right. We are <laughs> also yeah. partially Chico mode number two. Yeah, really. Because. Uh, there's a lot of developments going on with COVID both in Canada and obviously globally. And I feel like we're reaching a very interesting point where when things shut down for the quarantine, which was like February in Canada, what like 250, 300 daily cases. And they were like, okay, all right, that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was, that would have been in, um, Nearing the end of March. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At that point, it was like, oh, this seems bad. And everybody was like, oh, shit. Like, this seems like it's a problem. Then we locked down for, you know, months and months. Came out of it. And at least in the city of Kingston, where we are Yeah, we were of, straight chilling. We actually had, like, zero cases for, like, two months. Yeah. We were, uh, at that point, advertising to Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, it, a, if you lived in Toronto, you would see, like, billboards and bus signs saying, like, come to Kingston. We don't have any fucking COVID. I want to see a picture of that. Because if, like... I I know it's that's the general consensus that that's true, but like, what the fuck? No, if it, that's true. Yeah, yeah. There was it memos that went out signed off by the mayor. Mm-hmm. You uh, want me to pull this up? I'll pull this I up. Believe you guys you. That, Kingston, that shit's fuck. Kingston Pen Tours was explicitly marketing to like out of towners. Love that. Because I, that's where most of our business so came from. Fun. And of course, here in Canada, unlike our, in many ways, just poor compatriots to the south, uh, and specifically solidarity to the working class people that have just been fucked like absolutely fucked and decimated by this 
Uh, we actually did have a national relief program. We had the Corona, or sorry, COVID emergency response benefit. Uh, uh, more like the Corona one, because I put it all towards uh, freaking beer. <laughs> but <laughs> that's right, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we but, called it Curb. That's right. Best Smash character as well. Yeah. But $2,000 monthly to go as a good start, but definitely not. It actually raised Canadian household income by 11%. Which is so fucking depressing. (laughs) Devastating. And what transitions nicely is the the first little thing I want to highlight today, a lovely article that I came across in my research is, uh, the title really says it all. As COVID-19 relief programs wind down, bankruptcies are starting to spike again. So we are now looking at an Back to normal, folks. Let's go, babe. Even worse than normal is the thing, too. Like. We are climbing the list of like most uh, household debts. Another thing I'd just like to point out is that in this article from the CBC, they have a picture of a woman that contributed to it, and she looks like a PS2 character. <laughs> she does. She looks <laughs> like She's a low Sims poly. 2 character. She does. She has yeah. a low poly face. Uh, her name is Michelle Pommels, who's very smart, but she does have a PS2 rendered face, which is <laughs> interesting. But like when us. they make a beautiful PS2 character. Yeah, she's you cute. Know? Mulholland estimates that as much as 25% of the population are watching their financial position worsen by the week, and many households are moving inexorably towards a financial cliff of insolvency, and they will go over it sometime this winter. Uh, We're just a few days away from what, like the official start of winter? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, things are not looking good. And Uh, there have been sort of two sides to the response to this now, which it's like, uh, one is the group that I don't know. Chance has been DMing and having arguments <laughs> with. Which oh is, yeah, we will get to that. It, yeah, which that's is actually where we're going next. The camp that um, lockdowns are hurting the working class, and if we shut down, we're all going to be poor and die. And then the other camp that like, hey, we should maybe try and survive this actual pandemic, and the government should give us money to survive it. But I also do have just general updates on what the Ontario government is doing about COVID, yes. if anyone wants a background. I'm just going to give one final stat from this article, because this one is uh, mind-blowing. Household debt ratio rises to 176.9%, <laughs> Statistics Canada says. Oh, my God. 176.9? That's right. It's time to pay up, folks. Uh, the government helped you out, and now it's time to turn out your pockets. Yeah, Doug Ford's going to uh, break hand your Hand over your fucking kids. <laughs> That's right. Uh, because, you know, it's time to pay the piper. Uh, the you got to sit in your house for a month worrying that your grandparents were going to die. This is your reward for that. Well. Fuck you. To be fair, mine died in, like, 2003. So, you know. <laughs> But I had a really stress. That's, what, that's what you told them too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I you called Doug for yeah, yeah. Doug, I shouldn't be alone right now. <laughs> I'm actually the reason why they stopped it because they're like, this motherfucker keeps calling us and telling us about his dead grandparents. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Dougie. I don't mean to bother you, but I'm all caught up in my feels. And <laughs> Doug, check your DM. You keep telling me to worry about my grandparents, but like, you got to replace them for me. I need you to smoke yeah, my dick like your brother smoked crack. Doug, what would you do if I was there right now? Yeah, yeah, Dougie, make that cheese cake like <laughs> bring that cheesecake over <laughs> pretend to be my grandma yeah That's right. <laughs> so uh megan before we throw it off to chance to tell us about uh the opposition to lockdowns <laughs> hit yeah. us with some facts so uh basically as of yesterday and today the government has announced two important things the first is that we are moving to a tiered regional based system based on active cases in each area uh, so there's like green, yellow, orange, mm-hmm. and red. Just like um, the terrorism alert. <laughs> yeah. Makes as much sense as helpful too. <laughs> um, so doctors 
hate this plan. Uh, it's, it's hate this. Already, <laughs> <laughs> it's One simple trick. Huge backlash. To the, this province is having mind-blowing orgies. Doctors <laughs> hate this. You're stuck at home on the couch. <laughs> Um, I feel like theoretically it makes sense to like go region by region and say mm-hmm. how locked down everybody is. I feel like based on how many cases they have, um, yeah. once you're moved zones, you have to stay there for at least 28 days, uh, enough to have a period, a full moon, yeah, I suppose. I I've seen know. that fucking yeah, you movie. You have to menstruate yeah. once yeah, before. Exactly. This oh. is literally 28 days later then. However, <laughs> um, me. the, the red, so the most severe column is actually less restrictive than like phase two like it literally doesn't do anything like worse than we're already doing right now in phase three so um green is like do whatever you want literally there's like basically no rules kingston's in green right now people off very exciting yeah Um, as i do in kingston (laughs) (laughs) despite having like an obscene amount of cases in toronto and things no one's in red obviously but even if you were to move to red so indoor dining is never shut down in any system anymore um (laughs) you just are limited to 10 people in the restaurant regardless like 10 customers regardless of how big the restaurant is gyms are never shut down anymore um you can have 10 people in each room of the gym and then casino and bingo halls are never shut down you can have 10 people in each room of the casino (laughs) or bingo hall and that's the most strict one so the rest just get like more lenient from there the fucking um, bingo all in oh COVID. <laughs> yeah. Jesus so Christ. So this is why doctors are kind of like, because, and also the thresholds to get to orange and red are like extortionate amounts of cases. Oh, and yeah, then you extreme. don't even really have any sanctions. Like there isn't really that much stopping. Like because in, in yellow and green, like you can have basically, it's like the full like 30% cap in some places or like just like fully open as long as people sit with their bubbles and stuff like that. Um, so it's not super strict. It basically came because um, one, of, I think you or someone might have sent this to um, um, our group chat, and it was an article from the Globe and Mail saying that uh, by December we could be hitting six thousand five hundred cases yes, a day in that Ontario. Was, that was our friend John. And Doug Ford was like, "Oh, that's a little scary." So then he made this chart, and the doctors were like, "This is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Like yeah, you didn't actually actively doing anything about it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like Chance, we were talking today, and I don't know if you remember the details of the article you were reading, but you uh, were talking about how one doctor was saying like, "Oh, we need to lock down now." Yes. So uh, the KFLA PH, so that's the Kingston Frontenac whatever Lennox public health yeah the health public unit health. In town, yeah. the health unit in our area um dr moore is the head doctor throughout the the coronavirus pandemic and he wrote like an op-ed using the kfla website and like getting a hold of newspapers locally saying that the only way we can really curb what's going on is locking down right now like yeah. immediately yeah. And that if we wait even a few weeks, our, a lockdown is inevitable, is what he's saying. And most doctors agree a lockdown is inevitable. It has to be. But it's just the duration of time. If we do it now, we would only have to lock down for about a month and a half uh, in order to go back to where we were, which is crazy. Like, that would be pretty good. If we wait even two weeks... It will be up to four or, or up to six months, minimum Holy four month shit. lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and that's only that's only a couple weeks. Yeah. If if we delay for a few weeks, I guarantee you, 
we are not locking down. No, it no. should be inevitable. Yeah. But it, it, and this is basically what the response from every doctor is, is saying like, none of this makes any sense. Like we need an immediate lockdown. And then this was the response. And then they said, we need an immediate lockdown. And so all the doctors they interviewed for these articles were saying like, look at every other country that actually has like very little cases now. <laughs> yeah. Like they locked down for months and months. And that was the only way that they were able to like get rid of it. But their economy survived. Like yeah. they're, they're doing okay now. I forget what it was. Don't even say the e word on this podcast. I, for- <laughs> <laughs> I forget what I was even uh, what I was reading. Who it was, if it was credible or not. But the idea was going around that if we were to do a lockdown and we want it to be as effective as these other countries, we have to put in the same measures that they did, which is in- extensive, mm-hmm. right? So, like in Australia, like you had to get permission to leave your home. And if you didn't have your slips with you that were like signed by the government saying you could, you had this a lot of time from your house. Hall pass. Um, yeah, it was a hall pass for like the world. Um, and if you didn't have that on you, like you were fined gratuitously. Mm-hmm. They would put you in the dingo pit. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but it fucking worked. Yeah. It worked. If you want this to be as effective as these other countries, you know, actually finding people who are breaking um, like quarantine restrictions or gathering in large groups and stuff like that. Because right now that's not happening. No. Mm. I remember uh, Fuck no. what was it, homecoming weekend where like big parties and stuff like that happened. They were like, we sent out four fines. And everyone was like, how was there only four fines? There was giant parties all up and down the street. And they were like, well, there were four fine ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it was gross. And, and like if you look at the numbers across Ontario too, like they're not throwing these fines around. No. You think they would just fucking toss them around like they do with uh, fucking speeding <laughs> yeah, tickets parking tickets. and parking tickets. Doctors. But instead, they don't do it at all. They show up to these places and go, Oh, uh, noise complaint. Yeah, you should go home. And it's like, no, just fucking crack down on these people. That's because cops don't believe in COVID. Um, (laughs) That's very true. One thing I saw that infuriated me, uh, just made me feel so angry, is Justin Trudeau being like, well, if people don't take this seriously, Christmas is going to be jeopardized. It's like, how no, be good pandering kid, does no, that no, have it's so to be? fucking asinine. So, now that, kids, that, you gotta be now hey, 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 behave. We're gonna get you, coal in you our You need stuff. to behave. Yeah, he's gonna rub I, it on his face. Now what would Santa think? Yeah. <laughs> Do you Christmas like I, I want I wanna have Christmas. We all wanna have Christmas, but you have to behave. Treating everyone like fucking children. Yeah, this is the thing that got me so fucking upset today. Yeah. I uh, was just talking this over how Everything is so individualized. It's not the government's fault for not shutting down or or providing people with the care they need or the money they need so they can actually stay at home and keep themselves and their their families safe. But, you know, we need the economy going. So, like, still go to the movie theater, still go to the bar, uh, go to work every day with all these, like, people that you don't know and aren't in your bubble. But, like, so help you God, if you go home for Thanksgiving... If you go see your family or, uh, you know, see a friend on the weekend, that you're you're doing sin. You're a bad person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like again, we're not gonna do anything for you. You still have to go to work. You have to consume and work at your job and keep the economy going. But uh, if you do anything to enrich your life or just make yourself happy, that doesn't like actively feed money into the machine. That means that you're bad and selfish. Uh, and you're going to get a little slap on the wrist and the prime minister is going to send you like uh, a crying emote or yeah. something. Yeah. It's so funny. Fuck off. I'm sorry. I'm no, gonna, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off. Okay, go ahead. No, it's okay. You needed to get that out. Yeah. I could see your eyes were bulging out of your head. Yeah, no. Yeah. 
I looked like the guy from M. It was not good. Yeah, it was sad. I was just going to say that what it comes down to is what the government deems as essential versus what the people deem as essential. And like for them, you making money is essential. And for you, uh, mental health is essential and not necessarily making money and working and like spinning the cogs. You just need the money to survive, right? So like the money itself is essential, but like what they do is they make it so that them telling you you have to go to work, that's not selfish. But you saying, I want to go home and see my family, that's selfish, right? It's so fucking demeaning. Which is like you're telling other people that they're being selfish when you're the one who don't want to put the money into people being safe. And it's like that's truly the most degenerate, selfish thing you could fucking do during this. Now, the one thing I want to say about Trudeau is that he seems to be in kind of a bind because they've given so much power to uh, the provinces and to municipalities where it's like the only thing they could do would be like a federal lockdown, I guess. So like he's like pleading for people to actually do it and to listen, which is weird. And like he put out a tweet that was really sad that was just like, please guys, like municipalities and mayors and and, and uh, premiers, like, Please listen to the doctors, please. Like, come on. It's like a supply teacher. <laughs> and and, and yeah. you're sitting there and you're like, please just do something about it then, please. Like, and if, and if people aren't doing something about it, there's got to be some way to circumvent that because this is incredibly important and people's lives are on the line. And literally the only thing that's stopping that from happening is that, like I said, these, these people that uh, want to keep the economy going, quote unquote, are being incredibly selfish about it. I have two great segues from what you guys are talking about. Uh-huh. So one uh, quote from Doug Ford on how this is actually our fault. In classic right. Doug Ford sentence structure, we are asking the public to be even more engaged on your personal risk assessment. You are going to have to assess with each of these settings, knowing what is there and what is in place, what you are going to do as an individual and as a family to protect yourself because we want to get that decision making over to you. Wow. Thank you, Doug. Incomprehensible. No, it's, it's freedom. And like, I, I did like the sentence structure. You did miss out on the heavy breathing between. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, also, I, a lot of this info I got was from his like speeches that he does, but it's like the three people yes. are standing behind him and then he's in the middle, but then he goes and swaps out when he lets one of them come to the stage so they always stay two feet apart and does this little shuffle. But he literally stands like this is inappropriate but like a blow up sex doll he stands exactly <laughs> like that like he just goes on the stage and puts his arms like out directly yeah, to like diagonal from his body in front of the podium. <laughs> and that's how he just like stands stock still and has the most blank look on his face ever it's, it's so good he is literally too fat to put his arms <laughs> like i'm not even kidding he literally cannot put his arms flat because there's no space there. That's true. Like, they're resting. He's got an action figure's articulation. So, <laughs> so, so we're in a situation, right, that really um, shakes my faith in my fellow man in that I truly believe that people will do the right thing if they're in the right situation. And so, like, on one hand, I'm like, okay, yes, like, letting people make that decision is a good thing. But at the same time, you have to give people the opportunity to make that decision yes, totally. and not just, like, be screwed Okay, and my last point that I researched here. Uh, You know how you guys were talking about mental health? Uh, Do you want to hear the two fun suggestions Doug Ford has for mental health? I don't know if I can hear Cheesecake and Um, mindfulness. No, okay. Crack cocaine. So for him, the the, the people that need the money for mental health the most 
is the justice system. Oh boy. So I have this is a two a two pronged approach. I'll start with the very funny one, uh, which is a shout out to all your dads. He says that CEOs are very sad and Mm -hmm. and like mentally unwell. And I don't My know why this was like a lot of Phoebe part, part of this speech <laughs> was literally about like COs. I was like, this is such a specific group of people, but okay. Um, but they're funding them to do peer therapy oh, Jesus amongst Christ. themselves <laughs> yes which is so oh my funny. god so frank it, when, when yeah. you was telling me about crying that was kind of gay <laughs> but i'm glad you sharing with me because now i can call you a homo yeah. and mean it it's my dad it's little mikey it's the guy they called the religious kid <laughs> i never learned his real name god. they're all sitting together uh, they're uh, passing around the feeling stick yeah yeah uh <laughs> little mikey uh says uh, you know, when we used way too much pepper spray on that one guy, uh, it made me feel really good. <laughs> uh, you know this feeling stick? You know what it reminds me of? Right across that beep. This this hurts. Respect to little Mikey, though. I didn't mean that. Yeah. So anyway. This hurts a lot, Megan. That was that was the CO prong. The other prong. The CO prong. Is... You know, you know how there's the been a lot of like sport. movements in Ontario for like racial justice mm. and um, no, never various different things about the police force. He thought, Uh-oh. you know what, everybody, <laughs> COVID's here. We have this extra money for mental health. We're going to fund the police. Oh, yeah, um, let's go, baby. So he like half of this speech today, like he gives one a day, pretty much. The one today was like, okay. Guys, like, there's a mental health crisis in Ontario. Like, police really have to deal with all those people that have mental health problems. Yeah, so, basically, they what they're doing job. is they're giving a huge, they're giving $37 million to uh, Ontario police forces to implement. Like, a lot of them already have this, but it's called a mobile crisis team. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. they're like extra funding these things. But, and it sounds theoretically, like okay it's something so it's yeah. basically like a nurse cop team that goes to like oh. each site i've seen that show on nbc yeah <laughs> um <laughs> however they are like fully like police pro- programs yeah. like they're funded through the police um it is not actually that the nurse is the first responder it's that a uniformed police officer like team duo yeah, whatever down your door. goes to the scene then assesses whether or not it's safe for the nurse and then the <laughs> oh, nurse God. later comes in as like a part of a plain clothes team but they still come in a police van there's still like the use of handcuffs and like it's up to yeah. the police well, you like need whatever a nurse there to pronounce them dead force of discretion <laughs> that they um deem necessary for this sort of thing. Uh, they said they have tailored programs for First Nation communities. So like, oh yeah, mm, I bet. I mean? yeah. yeah. Like Starlight Tours. Uh-huh. That hurts That's me, man. That's a fucking tailored program they've yeah. been doing for years. And then so I, I did like, I did look into what this um, program usually means. So I have uh, examples from like Toronto, Toronto, Waterloo, and Kingston, just like what they are and what they're described as. So in Toronto, you can't call a mental health team directly. You have to just call 911 if you do see someone in crisis, which like, okay, helpful. Uh, Waterloo and this is the case in Toronto as well it's only 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. so it actually misses almost 40 percent of the calls anyway where it it then just does send a police at night anyway so it's like not even super helpful they did claim that they needed more funding to make it 24 hours so like I guess this is part of what's what it's going to do but it's so frustrating that like after all this defunding work 
this money is still going to be 100% through police to, like budgets, which are already so overfunded anyway. And then Kingston actually does have one. It is a uniformed response with a plainclothes team follow-up. Um, we also have this safe bed program that provides short-term mental health residential placement um, so that people can avoid being unnecessarily incarcerated, but it's available through police referral only yeah. and you still have to go through a 911 yeah. call to like access it. So it just seems like it's so... Like this is not when you're thinking of like police, like mental health in Ontario as a whole and the, the supports that people need. Like I can't imagine just being like sending more police like you still have to call 911. You still have to send police through and this like convoluted program where like. Yeah, just giving these fat uh, codes a cent more. And then in the Waterloo article when they were saying like, sure, this program needs more funding, but the person they were interviewing says like, more than we need funding for this program, we need funding to make it so that people aren't in constant cycles of crises. Because like, yeah. if you use this program and nothing else in your life changes, like you're talking to a nurse one night and like maybe you don't die that night, but like you're going to literally have a crisis again the next day. And so. like, this is the thing. And we could talk about this for a whole episode, mm -hmm. but uh, mental illness uh, is this sort of overarching uh, topic of conversation. This like this symptom of the age that we're in, and there's all of these programs, various, uh, you know, be they government or like Bell Let's Talk, like everyone's <laughs> talking about mental health. But the reason why we have to talk about it all the time, we always have to take it very seriously. Uh, all of our, you know, premiere dramas are about like, oh, people with mental health issues. And they're like, you know, they're, they're still people, but like, you know, their brains act up and the chemical, like their chemical imbalance is fucked up. The thing that we're never allowed to say that we can never look directly at, we have to keep like skewing our glance towards mental health is, you know, maybe a lot of people would be mentally healthy if they knew that they would be able to pay their rent every month. Yeah. If they knew that they would be able to feed their families every month. That they weren't constantly, uh, they didn't ha constantly have this fucking crushing weight over top of them with no safety net underneath. Maybe people would be more mentally healthy then, yeah, and but you can't ever fucking talk about that. Yeah, and just community supports in general, especially for the, the people that I'm assuming are the person that the police are going to on these calls, like obviously economics is like a huge thing, but also just like having somewhere safe to like live and literally having people you can rely on. Like there's so many things that need funding before the police do I, yeah. for mental health. If you're looking at mental health as a COVID issue and they put all of the funding into the justice system, which is so frustrating. Just, just so anyway. before we leave this and move on to Chance's uh, topic, I'd just like to say, I know I don't really have to say this because our listeners are not drooling morons, but if you do see someone in crisis, do not call 911. Yeah. That is the last thing you should do. Yeah, there's actually, like, just Google the numbers that are more helpful yeah. in your specific city. Exactly. Yeah, if, yeah. It's a, if it's a mental health crisis, like, there's a lot of alternative routes. Yeah. There's a clear flaw in the police, like, mobile crisis plan, which is having the cops as the first responders. Mm-hmm. Also, they're trained to react and like attempt to minimize damage to private property themselves and then a far distant third, the rest of the community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for them to assess whether or not this is safe, I'm sorry, they are not the ones capable of making that assessment. Mm -hmm. And one of, one of the best things you can do actually is uh, if you do end up calling 911 as like a gut response or whatever, just request an ambulance yeah, unit. Yeah, paramedic. Mm. Uh, and, and, and utilize that and, and make sure you don't say that you think the friend is hurt, just that you want a wellness check done. 
Mm. Sometimes they send like a cop car anyway when you ask for a police. So yeah, yeah that's sorry when you ask for an ambulance. It's true. It's true. You got to be careful. Distract the cop yeah. by doing a crime outside. <laughs> Even then, if that and then you'll die and occur, yeah. and you know you do have a police presence, you yeah. do then have stay it might, as a witness. Well, that's the thing. Record it. Be there. Be yeah. present for it. Because Make sure your bladder's full so you can piss on them afterwards. Yeah, God forbid something happens and a situation escalates, most likely because the cop is either ill-equipped to handle it or, you know, that thing is broken inside them called compassion and empathy, mm-hmm. and they resort to what they're trained to do, which is to neutralize threats. Yeah. At least there is some record of this, and it's horrifying to think of, but that is a real thing. When you see the police interacting with anyone, you should be wary that, their life may be at risk there. Like that is a real possibility in any situation when one party has a gun and has all the legal power in the world to kill someone and get away with it. Now, now, Chance, do you want to introduce everyone to uh, our podcast's new biggest fan? Yeah, sure, I can do that. I actually have a bit of a a reading, if that's okay, okay. with yeah, everybody. Yeah, a little reading series. Like, yeah. is it, if everyone could just uh, please listen up. <clears throat> I've been gathering as much information and inspiration as I can related to me through all I've been learning and experiencing to the challenges of the times, sharing wherever I can. Knowledge is power. I've been learning freedom doesn't come free easy. It requires effort, work, response, ability. We can make a difference. We all have a voice stronger together, united despite our differences for the greater good, the cosmic life, force of our awfully amazing sensation, Al, magic, Al, divine nature, inside, outside, upside down. (laughs) We won't all agree on everything. We have to go to the core, the heart of what's truest within us, what feels authentic in integrity, looking at all more holy. Challenges are fertilizer for our growing wisdom, and are we ever being fertilized? (laughs) Cool. Opportunity. The force is within all. We are it. I know I've been finding my voice in all this because this matters to me, doing what I can in being a part of the change I wish to see one step at a time. Is that Dr. Stella Emanuel? No, I think that's uh, Chet Hanks' memoir. (laughs) (laughs) So this COVID is crazy. (laughs) Okay, so, so let me tell you what I just read, okay? I went on a bit of a rabbit hole last night about, of course, local politicians, as we do here. <laughs> um, yeah. We find local thing. politicians, we find out they're fucking insane. Uh, Vice ends up writing an article about it and we get none of the credit. Because <laughs> we never say <laughs> it I'm still waiting for that Vice. check. Uh, <laughs> Mr. What did um, he... Gavin McInnes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Vice. <laughs> Mr. Dr. Vice. S- Mr. Soros, give me that check. That was like one-tenth of a three-part manuscript by this lady named Kim, uh, also known as... Campbell. Infinite Wealth, spelled W-E-L-L-T-H. And, oh, cool. And, and the reason why I bring this person up is because this person has been corresponding with a local politician named Randy Hillier, yes. the MPP of the Lanark, Frontenac, Kingston area. Yes. So our, our direct yep. area. Represent. He, people keep trying to tell me that he's not. As of two years ago, he is directly our area. 
they they gerrymandered the fuck out of it or whatever. And he's he's our MPP. Yeah, so I feel like Kingston's divided in half between two MPPs, like the city of Kingston. Oh, maybe. So I think downtown. I think downtown is still Ian Arthur. He was actually my representative from where I grew up. Yeah. So So like this freak is more of like the boonies area. Yeah. Yeah. So let me tell you where I found this. Okay. Yes. Okay. So so what I read to you was a passage from Kim. Kim is a local Ontarian. She you know she's one of us. Um, one of our people. She Good likes to gal. sell Ikea used stuff on Kijiji. And she also got blocked on Facebook and Instagram. So she writes all of her manifestos on Kijiji. Uh, <laughs> personal <laughs> ads. That's pimp. Yeah. <laughs> and that's she also up. shared a, an email that she got from Randy Hillier on Kijiji. <laughs> the Kijiji leaks. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding into those Kijiji DMs. <laughs> um, uh, he shares with her uh, this email and she posts it saying, like, Oh my God, uh, Randy Hillier is doing like these so many. <laughs> she she knows exactly. He he knows everything that I'm thinking, and like he 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 has this YouTube stuff, and we email all the time. And I just want to share it with the world. And it's like you guys are both fucking whack jobs. You wouldn't know my boyfriend. He's the MPP for it's things. It's so and easy to become an MPP. Like, why are they all so dumb? Oh, it's it, okay. So so he emails her, and he's like, big news and great news. A new initiative has been launched. No more lockdowns.org. Mm. This is a grassroots organization composed of many credible people who require anonymity because of their professions, such as those in public service and government contractors. And then he goes on to say that uh, we need to stop Doug Ford from locking down the. Uh, it's so funny. It's the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we we were talking about like Doug Ford. Why the fuck aren't we locking this shit down? And this guy's like, Doug Ford's gonna lock us. Oh my god! It's he's the new restrictions are horrible, and we're all gonna die. Yeah. So he started NoMoreLockdowns.org because he he truly believes that uh, lockdowns are a hoax. Uh, he thinks that COVID doesn't do anything, and it's merely a cough. Um, Literally, he, so many men in their fifties and sixties are of this view. Yeah, They'll yeah. Just he, tell he posts you. it. Uh, he posted it twenty four seven on his Twitter. Like their last words are, "This can't be real." People that are dying of COVID literally deny that it's like real. Every service dude in their sixties that comes into my work just like starts talking about how COVID is actually not real, and like the yeah, government yeah. is just trying to take all our money. And I'm like, okay, please just do your job. Good. So, so Randy Hillier starts nomorelockdowns.org. Rather, he he doesn't start it. A, an anonymous group starts no more lockdowns.org. And I, and I find out about this because um, it actually, it was just happenstance. I've heard so many people complain about Randy Hillier and I really wanted to know why people complain about him. And it's because he's a fucking whack job who only posts about how COVID's like a conspiracy and shit. That's literally his whole thing. His son does the same thing except in Vancouver uh, and, and wrote like a book. He's, he's the same people like uh, who Mark Levin, where it's like, I'm going to say all this grifter shit, Real but if you go on my Twitter, it's my banner is my book yeah. and, and, and the top post is a link to the audible or whatever. Like that, that's what they do, right? They piss people off so that people buy their book. So that's what his son does. Randy Hillier, our lovely MPP, posted at the same time that I was about to do research on him. This was on the 14th. He posted just no more lockdowns.org has started. This is this is big. And uh, it's like a yard sign initiative where oh. like, you donate to them and they give you yard signs. Like, a, uh, like Wexit. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, like Wexit. Yeah, or yeah. S- Seskexit or Besexit. Yeah, so, so, so he does this and, uh, and I was like, whoa, that's 
weird. And then he's like, post pictures of you with your sign. And and it's mm. uh, it's funny because um, Aquarius. Three <laughs> <laughs> I see where he's going with this of now. of four posts uh, that he made of in. Okay, so it was one post on Instagram, and they, like you slide over, and mm-hmm. it's, it shows the other pictures. Of those four pictures, three of them had the same dude in it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, that was, it was me, his four way. properties. Yeah, right, right, and um, and so I message Randy, me, my boy Randy. I comment on his thing, and I'm like, "Hey, is your organization like a for-profit or a non-profit organization? I can't find out what your your business license is. I can't seem to find it anywhere. Is it strictly political? Like, if you're taking donations, you have to have like a business. Yeah. Like, you have to, right? There, there's ways around it, but it's not like they're doing it through a third-party group. This is directly from person through PayPal to them in their pocket." So if you're doing it that way and you're not using like a third party like GoFundMe or something, you have to be declared as like a business or a charity. So I asked them, I was like, what's the name of this? Uh, I want to find out. I looked on your website and I, I, I scraped it and I, I couldn't find who built the website. Who are any of these people involved? Uh, are you involved? And he was like, oh, uh, it's not me. Or, or rather what he says is it's a group of anonymous individuals that I trust. If you email them, they will give you um, there, there is no give you the information more trustworthy than the group of anonymous individuals <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. you trust. Right, right. And so I a weird way to phrase that. Yeah. I ended up emailing them, right? And we didn't get a response. Like you, you were telling oh, me earlier. Um, we got friend. Thank you for your feedback. No more lockdowns in oh, caps, yeah, and then no more no- lockdowns.org. <laughs> cool. And then he was like, I was like, is it a for-profit or a non-profit business? I will make sure to reach out to them as well. Thank you for your help. I directed my question to them and they only responded with an automated message. Could I possibly get a response <laughs> from you? It would be easier. And then You're a I, journalist. And so uh, one of the reasons why I think he stopped responding to me is because in the beginning I wasn't making posts about it. But then I started tagging him. Mm. in posts that I was making being like look at these insane uh, the US death cultists are coming up to Canada well then how's he gonna trust you Chance what do you mean how he trusted me in the first place <laughs> that, that was back when you were an anonymous individual <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I've been messaging him and the boy just never got back to me and and then I'm like well this sucks like he gets back to me to tell me to go on his website I go on his website it has fucking nothing on it the only thing is that it's made by Nation Builder. Now, Nation Builder is a website that has been co-opted, you could say. It's been utilized by the far right in order to uh, garner emails and like mm. uh, gather political data and oh, campaign so data on people. Us on a far right group of email lists. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, we're definitely we're, we're fucked. Fine. If we're far right, that's not going to trip off the cops. It's the other end. Like the, the the website, you can use it for the, you know anything, and it's actually a really good website to use, and people use it all the time. The thing is, is that like you can also use it for political campaigns if you pay them enough money, mm. and you can essentially scrape information from people in order to use as talking points in the future for political campaigns. Mm. So that's what he's doing, right? He's also taking people's money to give them these shitty ass yard signs, and he <laughs> won't tell people if it's if he's making money off of it or not. And so I I look into it further. And I'm like, who the hell's talking about nomorelockdowns.org? This fucking is this is stupid. You know, the post only had like 30 people commenting on it and they were all fucking whack jobs being like, yeah, communism is going to kill Canada. And and Randy Hillier would like like the post and stuff like that. It was kind of funny. I go on Twitter because all these people have fucking Twitter because they're all insane. And I typed in uh, 
nomorelockdowns.org and and looked at the search results and there was at least two people who posted at the exact same time that he did. <laughs> Both of these people run a far right libertarian website based out of Niagara. Now, Randy Hillier Randy Hillier has been known to write for far right libertarian websites out of Quebec. Uh, he used to write uh, bilingual like op-eds for them all the time. So it would man. make total sense that now he's doing it under a pseudonym for these people, or at least he's working to amplify this other organization. Mm. Um, they're also insane. All of their posts are insane. Every, literally everything is like communism bad, capitalism good. Now, Randy Hillier is not only doing the no more lockdown thing. <laughs> um, I have some long-term beef with Randy uh, based on a previous episode that we did. We talked about uh, cottage land. Uh, <laughs> Cottagers rights. I Cottagers read that rights. one. Remember that was a great episode, and we talked about how shitty that is and how it's exploitative. And but uh, Randy Hillier actually he started the Lanark uh, Landowners Association, That's right. and now Baby. currently owns the Umbrella Corporation called the Ontario Landowners Association, Association. That is a unionization of all of the landowner groups in Ontario. Mm. Okay. And you want to know what he does with that group? Landlord Union. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the freaking adventures. So so what he he calls himself an activist, right? And what he did was uh he wanted to preserve this is a quote from him to preserve and protect the rights of property owners and to enshrine property rights within the Constitution of Canada and the laws <laughs> of the province of Ontario. Under This is on his Wikipedia Ridiculous. page. Under Hillier's leadership, the landowners' groups initially engaged in acts of c- civil disobedience, including blocking highways, barricading government offices, staging illegal deer what? hunts, and publicly breaking laws that the landowners regarded as unjust. Oh my Hillier God. has explained the illegal actions of the landowners as follows. I believe in nonviolent civil disobedience. I believe when a law or a rule is blatantly wrong, it is a part of our democratic process to challenge that law. At times, civil disobedience is used to illustrate and further bring attention to the absurdity. His whole entire page, every single person that follows his page constantly mentions how he is the next Rosa Parks. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. And you know that, like, all these landowners associations, like, as we talked about in that Cottagers episode, it's like, who are they always mad at? Like, indigenous people. And you know that they, like, shit on any sort of civil disobedience by, like, yeah. any... Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So, so in 2007, Ugh. when he was seeking election to the provincial legislature, Hillier was challenged to justify his participation four years earlier in a legal deer hunt. Uh, he responded by saying, I sent Ontario Premier Dalton McGinty an email containing a picture of a dead deer saying the people of Lanark County were removing nuisance deer because the Liberal government had revoked those licenses for farmers to shoot deer that were eating their crops. I did it four years ago and I would do it again because I will not stand for injustice and I will not stand for farmers to be put into bankruptcy from fucking deers. This so is how all the wolves died. When Randy and this Hillier, is why we have deer now. They should blame themselves he's for been, overshooting. He's been quoted as people have talked about him as the as Don Cherry in plaid and rubber boots. So, you know, I, I just want to highlight a double standard. It's okay for Randy Hillier to send pictures of dead animals and threats to politicians, but when I do it, <laughs> I'm put so, on a watch list. So the thing that I haven't said, like this whole thing adds up and you're like, okay, well, he's obviously like a, a hardcore conservative, right? And he yeah. has been. For he's the like most a libertarian, part. yeah. Well, yeah, you would think that. He's actually, he's an independent, but it's not on his own volition. Um, <laughs> I can't get over Landlord Union. That's so funny. Yeah, what yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so, so, yeah, so he owns the OLA. Yes. Um, <laughs> he's like the charter member. Yeah. So Nightmare he's, Man. He is an independent 
gets worse uh, too. <laughs> he's an independent member of parliament. Member uh, of provincial parliament. Member of like, provincial if parliament. If you're from that riding, you're essentially conservative. Like that like where I'm from, that county has voted conservative for probably sixty plus years at this point. It's like every county. But he is he isn't a conservative. As of two thousand nineteen, yes. March fifteenth, he is not a conservative. Why? It's because Doug Ford revoked his status as being a conservative. Why? What would you have to do to piss off Doug Ford? He took his status card. I hate when hot <laughs> people fight. Do you want me? Do you want me to tell you what he did to piss off yes, Doug Ford? Yes. Yes. He uh, started dealing crack in his neighborhood. You remember when they were? <laughs> remember when they were talking about uh, autism in classrooms? Uh, do you remember this uh, one was year it ago? Like when they were talking I, about, I don't like where this is going. You, were they talking the about like increasing public schooling. class sizes? <laughs> where they were talking about increasing class sizes and also uh, lessening support for autistic yes, children. Like, Someone spoke on behalf of uh, parents of autistic children and was saying like, this is a terrible idea and we need these resources and the support. Randy Hillier stood up in the middle of the hearing and said, yada, 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 and walked out. <laughs> My God! Oh my God! Evil! Wow! Just That's like, really fucked. Pure, pure evil. Obviously, he was, that, like, he was working on his Fred Flintstone impression, but he forgot the line. <laughs> so I don't blame him for Parents that. Parents saying, "Wow, my child needs this like like yeah, learning this like support. This Someone person that helps him at school, and he's just like, shut the fuck up. I don't care." And uh, it's like the press asked job. him why he did that. And he said, I just can't stand hearing her speak. It had nothing to do with the autistic kids. Oh, my God. Was it his ex-wife or something? <laughs> like, what is this? Yeah. Like, I told you. It gets, like... So, so, so at that point, like, two days later, he was uh, removed from the conservative party. Um, after a long time of actually running as the conservative party leader. Yada, uh, he got yada, He got removed yada. for oh saying God. yada, yada, yada during, a, like, autistic mother's or a mother of an autistic child's speech. Wow. So this is Randy Hillier. This guy, guy. was elected in our area. This is an elected position. Oh, like in 2018, he was elected. Expect Have anything you, of everybody. Do you <laughs> like, research some of his uh, more recent statements from like, 2020 on Twitter? On Derek social Sloan media. is literally from the same area. Yes, they so have like, a lot of similar opinions. Oh, yeah, Derek like Sloan is Belleville, baby. Writing, uh, so. So, so, Kingston public health officials sent a letter to Hillier, which I have read, expressing concerns regarding his spreading of disinformation about the pandemic. Hillier had previously refused to say whether or not, whether or not he thought it was real said he was anti-mask and likened the pandemic to a bad flu season. He also asserted on Twitter that public health officials were guilty of crimes against humanity. Yeah, awesome. so, so, so Randy Hillier, uh, yay or nay? Uh, I think he, it's an interesting case study into, like, if we see sort of, like, Canada and Canadian politics as, like, you know, America, like in in miniature, America light, America light. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, like it's the same sort of ideal idea of like you know general like Trump cronies. They're all like he re- every he retweeted Trump's uh, "We will win." Well, yeah, in the course. last no, in the last like three hours. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's so awesome. But no, it, it's like it's like Trump cronyism in miniature. It's just all of these. Like small, small time, like crooks running their own independent schemes, 
latching on to whatever like little minuscule like bits of culture war that they can uh you know catalyze and yeah. use uh to make money like selling shitty signs yep. or getting you to buy timeshares i had or to i had to look up the the term grifter just to make sure if it accurately yeah applied. no it's just it's like the fucking sticky bandits from home alone you yeah know? like it, yeah, yeah. it's that level of like criminal ingenuity where like they think that they've come up with this like foolproof uh plan in order to to make it rich and screw over a couple people and for the most part it works and like they face no repercussions like yeah he might get voted out but like nothing bad's going to happen to him and the next guy is just going to be an even craftier even stupider version of randy yeah you know that yeah. this is just how like local politics is well it's because people don't look into it until exactly. something blows up yeah. Like, like people don't know that this is ha- literally people don't know this is happening. I'm not going to lie to you. Like some well, people voting for him. Some some people know. Uh, but but for the most part, like and the people who do know, like, don't really give a fuck. The no more lockdowns thing isn't blowing up. People don't really care if it does end up blowing up. Uh, I called it, but it, it probably won't. It'll probably just go to the wayside. No, it's just a m- another meaningless little quibble in Let's like the, yeah. you know, the sea of culture war that we live in. Yeah, it's just another thing that you have to either get mad about or pretend to be mad about yeah. you know yeah yeah and and so like for everyone at home i will keep messaging uh randy hillier and i'll keep tagging him in posts i've I also started shit. hectoring him uh, on twitter i i simply tweeted towards him not on our account because i don't want to get it banned but on my own personal one uh i hope you get covid lol <laughs> <laughs> well then we'll know if it's fake or not yeah <laughs> you will have a definitive answer this That's can't true. be happening yeah. <laughs> Folks, Megan asked me to find uh, another sort of like dumb as rocks conservative uh, who's written a new article that we could make fun of to sort of like bring some lightness to this episode. Uh, I think uh, that I uh, I nailed it. Okay. Actually, I found arguably the most preeminent uh, dumb as rocks conservative of the 21st century. I'm, of course, referring to uh, Bar- Barack Hussein in the membrane, Obama. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so Jeffrey Goldberg uh, recently interviewed Obama. Ugh, uh, Goldberg. Yeah, for the Atlantic. For, so, former this Israeli is a winning, prison guard Jeffrey Goldberg. Yeah, it's a real winning combo here. It's not a joke either. Yeah. Uh, the, like Obama is currently uh, promoting his 89th memoir uh, where he talks about uh, how hard it was to be president mm-hmm. uh, and how he did a did such a good job despite circumstances. Good job. And was such a good man. Clap, clap. Yeah. And it is, I did not get through it all, but it is easily as asinine as any of the ridiculous shit that I've read from the National Post. Oh, God. Uh yeah no. Oh you're going always coming in with this hot no, shit. No, it's it's bad. Like almost all the quotes he's given are insane. So it starts off, and I didn't want to have to do this, but we have to cancel Obama. Sad. Obamium. Yeah, I know. Uh, it starts off with him in effect praising longtime listener, a friend of the show, Genghis Khan. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Genghis Khan got canceled on Twitter a few months ago. I don't know if you folks remember. I do remember uh, that. But uh, Obama is defending him 
uh, even after all of these allegations have come out from getting uh, canceled uh, from uh, all of the allegations of Genghis Khan. Uh, you know, torturing people to death. Yeah. Uh, you know, taking over large percentages of the earth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. creating the largest empire the world's ever seen. Doing all the stuff Obama wished he could do. <laughs> yeah. We have to say allegedly because we don't know. Allegedly, <laughs> yes. Yeah. We don't have a lived experience. Yeah, we don't, we don't know. This might not have happened. Yeah. Uh, uh, Obama says, for whatever reason in this interview, uh, they, they, they get to <laughs> Barack Obama unprompted. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Folks, uh, he's you gotta like, pull up your damn pants. Compare the degree of brutality and venality and corruption and just sheer folly that you see across human history with how things are now. It's not even close comparing Genghis Khan's <laughs> reign <laughs> in Mongolia in the 13th century oh, to Trump's America. Which, like, Trump's America is, of course, a direct repercussion of Obama's uh, tenure. Yeah. Uh, and Obama, in many ways, is the reason uh, that uh, we have Oops. Trump. They said I couldn't conquer the steps. <laughs> <laughs> the Chinese, very nasty to me. <laughs> Aaron <laughs> Carter, we're going to boil him in oil, folks. You know, in, in some very ways, nasty. they are fighting the same fight against the Chinese. So. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> and I met President. I, I met this man. And I knew his great, 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 great grandnephew. <laughs> Yi was going to be an enemy of mine. Folks, they're going to build a wall. <laughs> oh my it's gosh. the same fucking thing. Yeah, same thing. I still Whoa. can't get over. It. You can't talk about Genghis Khan's atrocities because you weren't one of the farmers he murdered. <laughs> yeah. You don't know, y'all. I've been logging on. And I've been seeing a lot of people talking bad about G Star Khan. <laughs> and here's the thing: before you cancel him, try to walk a mile in the rice paddies of the people he murdered. <laughs> All right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But yeah. So Obama canceled defending our He's problematic gone. fave, uh, <laughs> Genghis Khan. But oh, like we're, we're joking, but also. Uh, this is child logic he's using here. So is I, he saying Trump is not that bad? Trump is not as bad as the Mago as Mongolian warlord. Okay. Mm. So if you think about it, like, don't it's fucking fine. complain. Is Our that corruption the, is yeah. much better than it was. Yeah, like, the world is better than it was, again, <laughs> in 13th century Central Asia. Uh, so don't... <laughs> so fucking take your lumps. Uh, you over 200,000 dead of COVID. <laughs> Fuck this guy. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Ugh. I'm going to share with you a quote from his upcoming memoir, uh, which I think can be read in like an anime villain style of uh, voice. They were dangerous, these young men. I wanted to save them, send them to school, give them a trade, drain them of hate. Is and he talking about ISIL? The world they were a part of, and the machinery I commanded, more often than not, had me killing them instead. Barack Obama on drones in his new memoir. Oh, he is talking about ISIL. Oh, cool. God. No, he's just talking about killing indiscriminately with drones. Like, he's talking about killing terrorists. These young men, I wanted to save them, send them to school. He's the most what? powerful man. Yeah, demonstrate them with the big how he tried to do that. In the sky, yeah. sky baby. All, yeah. like, also, he's like doing... All boys go like to heaven. anime villain <laughs> monologuing to justify why it was okay for him to nu like fucking nuke a wedding. And, what a yeah. horrid quote. Like, yeah. literally, yeah. he's saying like, oh, I wanted to be nice to them, but instead, with all the power I had, I murdered them instead. Yeah, Isn't think about sad? how many young Feel men he drained me. of hate and blood and guts in Yemen or Syria. Way to fucking go, you stupid asshole. Yeah. They also uh, talk about Obama's actual, what he got done, how he used power during his tenure as president. And, and quote, uh, I would remind people that Lyndon Johnson got stuff done oh uh, because he had votes. 
simple. This is him in reference to people saying LBJ was a bastard, but he got stuff done, including starting the Vietnam. If only Barack Obama had votes. Yeah. Only he had. If only he had votes. A crushing majority. At no point in his tenure did he have any sort of majority. FDR got stuff done when he had the votes. And the truth of the matter is that most of the time, what we think as as arm twisting and browbeating, what it really comes down to most of the time is, do you have the votes? Again, I will quote, uh, part of what you're sensing here are times where I make decisions to be gracious, when I assume the best in people, not because I'm naive, uh, but because this is how I choose (laughs) to operate in the world, because I think the world would be a better place if more people operated that way. This man. That's psychopath Okay, he goes from like, okay, the reason I twiddled my thumbs and smiled a lot was just because, you know what? I didn't have every single person in, in... Congress that I wanted, so I didn't want to do anything. If actually. Congress was made up of uh, Obamas, uh, <laughs> folks, <laughs> I, yeah. I, the Democrats are yeah. certainly trying now. They and have then, every and single person like, that sounds like. I him. never did anything to stop. What the fuck is the name of the guy who melts and has McConnell? Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, incredible toxic man. man? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything to stop him because I just think he might be nice underneath all of that evil shit he does all well, the time. Like, folks, hey. I didn't put down the rabid dog because. I feel like the world would be better if more <laughs> rabid dogs were like me. See, that quote came off like so much more psychotic and sinister to me where he's like, oh yeah, like I'm happy because I choose to see the good in people because I'm benevolent. Like, yeah. That's the way it reads to yeah. me. He's just this like narcissist mm-hmm. who... I'm God's gift to man. Well, people like McConnell are literally trying to make everybody die. Yeah. So, like, but but okay. if he's rude to McConnell... Then that means then that he, he doesn't get as many as good low. boy points, yeah. uh, and he'll get like one fewer Boy Scout patch or whatever the fuck. And as such, he's not willing to get his hands dirty, save the lives of millions of Americans by giving them health care. Anyway, uh, should we get to the meat of this? The, yeah, yeah, but the people get, that still like him like club. him because of that. They're like, he was so like, yeah, he was so presidential. Yeah, yeah, decorum. Halfway through the interview, Goldberg asks uh, Obama about Trump. And his right-wing populism, which, like, Trump is not a populist, but we don't have time to get into this. Mm -hmm. He says, I guess I'm also surprised by, and this is not the original thought on my part, but I think about the classic male hero in American culture. uh, When you and I were growing up, the John Waynes, the Gary Coopers, the Jimmy Stewarts, the Clint Eastwoods, uh, for that matter, there was a code. This is something I always emphasize. I may be African-American, but I'm African and American. This is part of me. The code of masculinity that I grew up with that harkens back to the 30s and 40s and before that. There's this notion that a man is true to his word, that he takes responsibility, that he doesn't complain, that he isn't a bully. In fact, he defends the vulnerable against bullies. Even so, if you uh, are someone who is annoyed by wokeness and political correctness and wants men to be men again uh, and is tired of everyone complaining about the patriarchy, I thought that the model wouldn't be Richie Rich, the complaining, lying, doesn't take responsibility for anything type of figure, referring to Trump, of course. Where are you guys on this uh, quote? Okay, I really trying to like be like, guys, cowboys were nice. Like, think of the plot of any of those like John Wayne movies. John like, Wayne was a Nazi. he's just fucking murdering everybody. In yeah, those exactly. Movies. Yeah. No. Like most John Wayne movies are just like 
you know, him eradicating and Native just, like, Americans shut up, in Arizona. woman, and like tying people up and just being like, "You're coming with me now." Like, oh yeah, my god. Okay. Was, anyway, he was kink positive, but no. If you want the, the yeah, and even like, uh, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, oh, okay, but like okay. beyond like what these characters are doing in these movies, which is again like you know adhering to a very strict patriarchal view of the world. World, the actors themselves, John Wayne was a Nazi. Yes. Listen to millions of dead cops. MDC. John Wayne was a Nazi. Also, yeah, Clint, Eastwood Clint Eastwood hates yeah, Obama. It's a reactionary yeah. psycho. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, the the Clint Eastwood drop is fantastic. Given Clint Eastwood famously <laughs> monologued to a chair that I think was supposed to be <laughs> Barack Obama. He was an empty Obama. chair that was yeah. Obama. That's sick. <laughs> that's that's so cool. That really was prescient for what politics, especially on the right wing, would become. But also the American gerontocracy. Yeah, and like for like Obama, at least the way I see him or saw him was like this very media literate president. Uh, he was like very aware of how he presented on television uh, was on TV all the fucking time. Uh, I guess Trump sort of blows him out of the water. But <laughs> yeah. Trump, Trump is a creature all his own. Yeah, he was like very, very conscious of image and very uh, aware of how he would be perceived. And his favorite thing to do now is fucking make Netflix shows and write yeah, about himself. It's, it uh, so he's sucks. like... Like, everyone is like, oh, Trump, like, all he does is watch TV and tweet. It's like, Obama's doing the exact same shit. He also uh, famously broke the NBA labor movement that occurred but a few short months ago. Yeah. People need to realize how disastrous of a presidency Barack Obama had because everything that he accomplished had a massive backlash, not just because of Obama, but because of the brand of politics he espoused that led mm-hmm. directly to Trump and yeah, the and massive co- like a completely limp dick approach to addressing the opposition in any meaningful and way. He also broke a lot of people's hearts because mm-hmm. there was a massive wave in mm-hmm. 2008 mm-hmm. that powered him into office with a yeah. crushing super majority. And then he turned around and flipped him off. Well, that's the thing. It was powered mostly by young people, a lot of grassroots organizations. Grassroots organizations, ACORN, which was a massive, massive organization to registering first-time voters and trying to re-enfranchise people that had, if only they knew how bad the disenfranchisement was going to get. It's quaint now to think of how things were gerrymandered in 2008 versus fucking 2016 and 2020. But at first chance he got, the Republicans were like, well, uh, ACORN, criminal organization. And then he's just like, oh, okay, yeah, fuck it. And he just like gutted Acorn and got rid of an agency that was massively instrumental. It's like Barack Obama is clearly like someone who is only success-minded, never gave a shit about anything. Like the most, he is maybe the most cynical president to have ever lived because he explicitly ran on bringing sweeping change into the White House and being Mm. like this iconoclast. And yeah, and you know what? It can't be understated. Like he was a massive inspiration to a lot of people of color and that cannot be discounted because that is a huge victory for hundreds of millions. (laughs) Like, of people across the entire world. At the same time, mm, though... They deserve a lot better. They do deserve a lot better, and everybody in the United States deserved a lot better because what he ended up giving them was uh, two years of squandered opportunity to actually enact real meaningful change, a cop-out health care plan that, yes, benefited a couple million, but also left countless other millions uninsured. Yeah, generally considered with no a disaster. Chance. And it was the conservative health care option. He created and cultivated a massive technological drone army that has since been handed over to obviously the most incompetent people in the world and will continue to be with Joe Biden fucking helm of this. Uh, Ultimately, all of Obama's legacy has been completely 
consumed by Trump and led to Trump, and he spent the rest of his time hanging out with a famous piece of shit, Richard Branson, uh, making shitty Netflix documentaries, writing 7,000 books. The point that I was trying to make uh, was uh, Obama is seen as like this this perfectly media literate, uh, very like liberal-minded uh, president, uh, but as media literate as he is, he can't seem to critically read a John Wayne movie and like understand the underlying text. Mm. Uh, mm. It like boggles my mind. And like here is the even worse indicator here. He continues, I think that indicates the power of television in, in a culture that I sometimes miss because I don't watch a lot of TV. I certainly don't watch reality shows. And <laughs> I know. Ooh, the Bachelorette's so fun. <laughs> Fuck you, Barack. And sometimes I miss things that were uh, phenomena. Yes, and this is an indication of the parts of popular culture that I've missed. It's interesting. People are writing about the fact that Trump increased his support among black, black men in 2020 and the occasional rapper who supported Trump. I have to remind myself that if you listen to rap music, it's all about the bling, the women, the money. A lot of rap videos are using the same measures of what it means to be successful as Donald Trump is. Everything is gold-plated. That insi- insinuates itself and seeps itself into the culture. Yeah, you want money, you fucking idiot bitch. Like, also, is it 2002? Like, literally, how many times have we heard this stupid? This, like, okay, yes, we've heard this a lot. When I read this, I, like, you know, I obviously do not like Barack Obama. I was flabbergasted that he actually said this. This is something that Bill O'Reilly was saying on Fox while Trump, sorry, while Obama was president. Yeah. Like, this is, like, a, like, tired conservative talking point that they don't even fucking say anymore. I know. I, I have never heard so anyone say it in like five years at least. Yeah. Like so stupid. And the fact like, oh, like the this like the, the golden god of the Democratic Party is like uh, black men, uh, they are uh, actually mean and bad because uh, they don't treat women well. What the fuck? When really, like, they yeah. still got 80% of them, Folks didn't they? Yeah, they? yeah, 80% of people uh, of black men still voted uh, for Obama. Like, how much, or so, still voted for Biden. Uh, how much more do you want when you offer, are offering nothing, nothing to the black community, let alone any other fucking community just besides your fucking donors? So, so folks at home, I know people in this room know this, but uh, folks at home might not know that I am an avid hip-hop fan and i have been my whole entire life and uh this boy is behind <laughs> yeah <laughs> like like the, the so far by oh yeah like, like okay so uh i'm not going to get into this because this is way too much but when hip-hop first started there was the flashy it first started with the community centers and then it started being a flashy thing and kind of showing off and being like hey i'm head honcho around here and then it kind of turned into head like honcho. the 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 woke era in in the 90s and like consciousness hip hop mm-hmm. and like the the birth of underground hip hop and then the early 2000s it kind of went back to uh flashy and like huge spinner rims and like you got jaw rule and you got like fat joe Nelly. and you got like big timers being like get your motherfucking roll on and then uh that died in like like i feel like the last people to do it was maybe uh, early Drake with like yeah. Lil Wayne. I was gonna and say stuff? Lil or Wayne is, is like yeah. the blood money or young money, young cash, money, money cash money. Yeah, that baby. stuff. Uh, it, 
baby. Like like Nicki Minaj, but not anymore. Like in the early uh, in like around the start of Obama's first. Yeah, it was, was like president. in 2007, 2008. Yes. Um. So it's really funny that he brings that up because like that would literally that was it, it doesn't happen yeah. anymore. And when it comes to popularity and hip hop, that's not the driving factor. Well, once no. he knew that he had secured the black vote, he just only listened oh. to the national after Folks, that. <laughs> if you're uh, tired of hearing about. Uh, bitches and hoes. May mm-hmm. I recommend uh, Logic? Have you have you heard uh, Fleetwood Mac's rumors? Yeah, but like you know, like rap isn't about that. And as far as it has been explained to me, rap is just like teenagers in their bedrooms ODing on Xanax. No, rap know? is which just is just good like, because everyone's a nihilistic fuck. Because we all want to like die. Ma- Shakespeare is like old school rap. Is basically <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, folks. If you're if you're concerned about this, you don't want your kids. Just remember, Shakespeare is the 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 original rap. The original yeah. rap. Uh, <laughs> Compton is the back. new. Fair Verona. That's right. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I think this. You know what? This is great because this is maybe hopefully starting to expose how much of like I actually think he's just being incredibly cynical, like at all times. Because you are right; he's very media and savvy and literate. But uh, like I feel like this betrays this for me. I think like that was some sort of like the wool was pulled over our eyes. This reminds me a lot about Trump or about uh, and hear me out. A lot of Trudeau doing blackface. Uh, in that, like, both Trudeau and Obama are, like, you know, leaders of their nation and, like, seen as these, like, bastions of liberal values, of, like, PC culture, of, like, kindness and compassion and respect uh, and caring for uh, the underprivileged and minorities. But, like, Trudeau, like, you know, uh, cracking out that uh, grease paint every chance he gets <laughs> and Obama being, mm-hmm. like, a, a black man... Uh, only care about gold and women uh, and like they're, you know, shallow uh, and mean and that's why they vote Republican sometimes. Obviously, they don't actually like in their deep down in their like uh, subconscious aren't actually woke or like believe any of these things they espouse. Oh, yeah. They're the definition of like liberal woke. Yeah. Well, yeah. I like just well, liberal woke as well. We have this whole thing. It's all meaningless and I don't understand like Everyone always talks about like the cognitive dissonance of conservatives. It's like, oh, like how can they, you know, not believe COVID is real when their grandfather died of COVID last week? Uh, But like the liberal cognitive dissonance of like holding these people in such high esteem and believing them to be these, uh, again, like bastions of moral purity while they tell you to your face, no, I don't actually believe any of this shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I can't, I don't know why the whole facade doesn't crumble and why people don't, you know, hold the, uh, as liberals like to say, hold them accountable for this shit. Mm-hmm. I, it just doesn't compute with me. Yeah. I Like they're this, just completely blinded to it. I don't get it. reads like something that you would dig up about someone having said that 10 years ago and be like, ooh, bad look. But he literally just said it. Like I'm, it, it's so confusing to me why he would want that published at all. It literally seems like something to be canceled over and he's just like, now's a good time for this. I think it's because he knows that no matter what he says, he's never going to lose goodwill with his followers. I think he's, piv- I think he's pivoting to pick up the people that never liked him before. He's a little nod to the little suburbanites. That's right. The Republicans that aren't all the way in on Trump, but they hear this and they're like, 
Yeah, he, he kind of got a good point. I also I, hate black people. That's right. I think I think he's gonna sell more books. He's gonna get more shitty people to watch his shitty, stupid. Ne- what Netflix shows is he even involved with? I literally haven't even heard of any of the he stuff. Made a good documentary called but, Crip Camp, actually. But, but with Crip this, Crip I think Camp. I think you're, I thought he did the Epstein one. <laughs> I think you're on to something, no, he was Jesse. Just in the Epstein oh, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> with I don't think it's only not so right Republicans, but it's also just like suburban white moms yeah. love this shit. You know what I mean? That is a not so right Republican. He is pander. No, yeah, yeah, truly. But like they they think they're Democrats, right? And and like this is what it sells to because those are the people with money. He's going to become the next Oprah. He wasn't ever going to be like this political. Oh, he's going to take over the O network. He honestly could. But like if you think of it, like the way he's held in regard by those people, they're like, he's so nice and he's so smart. And I love when he releases his music recommendations. And I love when he releases his book. He is literally just doing the Oprah thing. It's like, Oh my God, here's my music list. Here's my book list. And it's like, that's it. He doesn't do anything other than break unions and fucking Male Oprah. That's right. Yeah, he's got black the o- Oprah. But that's the thing. You know who has more <laughs> money than a fucking president? Oprah fucking Winfrey. Oh, he's he got, just wants to be Oprah. He has always been a brand. Yeah. His oh, name yeah. Is yeah. Ob- like it's not Barack Obama. Obama. Mm-hmm. Synonymous. Powerful. He had literal posters of himself. Like he has a brand. Yeah. He yeah. is more powerful than the president. Yeah. Because he's a master he's a salesman. Brand, mm-hmm. and he is. But and Trump has the cult of personality. That's yeah. the thing. But yeah, Obama, yeah. Obama like, doesn't have that necessarily. Obama is a really good speaker and like is charismatic. But he, do- you're right. He doesn't have that cult of personality yeah. nearly in the same way. Partially because it's very different demographics. Yeah. <laughs> as well, and even very different. But times. yeah, but like what, the demo brand. that he's after, which is like educated liberal elite yeah. aren't like you know hooting baying hogs. no 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 yeah they're not, they're not like that but he's like he's just a brand mm-hmm. and he can say and do whatever he wants now clearly like people don't give a shit they haven't cared since he left because he's also trading off the fact that he's remembered more fondly than trump is currently yeah he's got the goodwill okay uh we need to stop yes, the episode does anyone place. have a closing comment yeah i do okay i have a, a couple questions that people asked uh, I put out a question for this week's episode. Uh, I might do it every week. We'll see how people respond or whatever. Uh, I'm just going to respond to a couple of the questions this week. Um, one of them is actually related to the missing episode or uh, quote unquote lost episode from last week. Would you still marry Jim Neal after his article saying that defunding the police is not possible? Now, we did a whole episode on this for the most part. Uh, and it got completely lost. And the conclusion of the episode is I would still fuck Jim Neal, mm-hmm. but I will not, not marry. No longer yeah. marry. I will no longer marry it would Jim Neal. It would, yeah, I wouldn't do it because I enjoy it. I that would is do a, it because I have to. Stance. That yeah. is a unanimous <laughs> okay. stance. Okay, Megan agrees. Next question. The next question next. is uh, any recommendations for good organizations and groups to get involved with? Uh, a la Food Not Bombs, uh, International or Industrial Workers uh, Worldwide uh, Union. I would check out uh, NATO. Uh, <laughs> um, shout out to my friend Matt who did join. I, think I did. I did. I did bring well. yeah, this. Very cool. I did bring this up to uh, Megan if Megan wants to. Yeah, uh, those both sound cool. I've heard of them, but I'm going to look into them more. I started working on a document as a response to this question with uh, organizations, and I'm going to limit it to things that you can actually join or volunteer for instead of just like uh, random cool things you can follow um so i will i will stick that in the description at some point we want to work on it a bit more but yeah or maybe we'll just share it on instagram or something i also want to double check with some of the smaller ones that they're okay with me 
sharing yes. their info. So anyway, eventually watch out for it on social media and we can all join uh, various clubs together and we can all be friends. Yeah, Yay. we and, and we will keep people updated on any uh, involvements with that. Um, that being said, thank you all very much for listening uh, to us, whether you're listening to us on 101 point nine uh cfrc or if you're listening to us on uh whatever podcast service you use uh give us a shout out follow us on instagram llcs underscore cfrc uh if you love us if you hate us shoot us a message i love you all regardless have a great night everybody